Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into episode 181 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, back from my home in East Lansing with my coworker James Cook. We spent an extended period down at the baseball, softball, and soccer state finals last week. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to that, but it's another big week for the Record Eagle and local athletes in northern Michigan. We are putting on our long-awaited all-star games in baseball and in softball that were supposed to happen last year, and it's our senior showcase, and we're going to tell you all about that in the pulse. We're going to get into all of those recaps from state finals in the chatter that matters after our interview. We have a couple of those players from the All-Star Games joining us today. Traverse City St. Francis senior Judd Lawson and Charlotte Voice senior Madeline Sanderson are both going to be joining us here at the Get Around for 181 to chat about that All-Star Game and their runs in the quarterfinals and all the way up to the state finals in baseball and in softball. So make sure you stick around for that. Like I said, we'll get into the recaps afterwards, have another rendition of our the Get Around Hall of Fame and a fun trifecta for you guys later that James and I came up with when we were down in East Lansing. Uh, make sure you stick around throughout the episode for that. Before we get into it, we're going to get into our giveaway. I remind you guys to like, share, retweet, comment on this episode 181 to be entered in to win a four-pack of Pit Spitters tickets for good for any game through the rest of the season. This week's winner, this week's winner from Maple City, Glen Lake, Stephanie Bellant. We will be in contact with you via Facebook Messenger. Make sure you check those messages so we can get those coupons out to you this week. Make sure you like, share, retweet, comment. Or just interact with us, and you can get entered in to win four free Pit Spitters tickets. Like I said, we're not gonna we're not gonna mess around today. Me and James could sit here and cackle and talk about stuff from our our time down at the state finals. But hey, we spent like five days together. I think we had enough of each other. Yeah, and I'm hoarse for some reason today, and I don't know why. I wasn't like yelling or anything, but it must have just been all that sun. He was just yelling at me. He doesn't want to tell you guys. He's just screaming and yelling at me, so he's all hoarse today. But he's not gonna keep the talking to a minimum, but only about things that actually matter. Is what we'll do. So we're going to put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, get into the pulse, and talk about these all-star games this week, James. You have put in just an incredible amount of work over the last 12 months. This is span all the way back and into the pandemic last year when there was nothing going on, and we were trying to put something on for these kids. We wanted to make sure that we had the seniors last year have a chance to play maybe one more game against their friends who they had grown up playing with uh, before that all happened. And that didn't end up working out, obviously, with the insurance and the pandemic and all that stuff that you could probably hear about from a podcast episode about a year ago today is no longer in place. James, tell us about when and where uh, we're going to be seeing some of the area's best senior athletes in baseball and softball this week. So the Tuesday is the uh, softball game, 6 o'clock, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Middle School, which is St. Francis's home field. Admission is free, but if you can't make it to the game, that will also be streamed on Trevor C. St. Francis's Facebook page, the Trevor C. St. Francis Softball's Facebook page with play-by-play and we'll also have game changer if you want to follow it along that way they're uh making up new teams for the american and national teams as we're calling them gonna have that on game changer so you can follow along that way as well yeah there'll be obviously ways for us to watch i think that we even kind of tipped off our you know compatriots or competition whatever you want to call them a friend of the podcast harrison bb he will be there covering so you'll be able to get a little bit of a action wherever you may look tomorrow it's really the only sporting events left in northern michigan state finals are done all the high school sports are over with all the kids are technically officially released from the bounds and confines of their high schools they have graduated and are now available to play in this all-star game we're excited about this yeah and then the day after that is the baseball all-star game 
which is going to be at 7 o'clock at the Traverse City Pittsbitters. Um, that game will be a one nine inning game, and just like the softball game, feature a lot of the best senior student athletes in Northern Michigan. That one, that one should be interesting because we got a lot of pitchers in that one. So, like, we're gonna pitchers are probably only gonna get about an inning apiece. Everybody's gonna get a chance to play. Everybody not be in their regimented regular position, but that just shows off the breadth of skill that these seniors have, right? Yeah, we're gonna try to cram about I don't know forty some guys into a one baseball game so i mean they'll they'll all get to play you know at least three innings defensively i would hope softball we got a lot less players just because they're a lot less seniors a lot less seniors this year in softball a lot of the underclassmen were you know you were your stars in in softball this year or at least maybe not your stars but starters and the majority, so, the majority of so, yeah. players were underclassmen but there's this year. still a lot of good players in this game you did your you did your column but yeah, yeah, I kind of want to, like, reveal the rosters on here. We have a lot of really great players. We have the teams separated. We have them all divided. And if you didn't already see James's column in the Record Eagle, make sure you go back just so you can kind of see a physical representation about what we're about to uh, divulge upon you. But we got some pretty, hopefully, evenly split, evenly matched teams. Hopefully, it'll be, you know, hopefully this will be very interesting games. James, I mean, our first game is Tuesday. Our first game is softball. Let's reveal those softball items. You mentioned Brittany Steinman from Traverse City West. Uh, obviously, is going to be one of those pitchers on a team. Who else do you got lined up on her team? Are they American or national? For the one team, for Brittany Steimel, and I can't remember which one is the American or national for the softballer at this point. I think I'm, I think Brittany Steimel's is the American team. Brittany Steimel is obviously your first player. Then uh, you got a, a pair from Cadillac, Elena Hofert, outfielder and third baseman, and Emma Mori, first baseman and catcher from Cadillac. Benzie Central first baseman, Kaylee Jelikoski. Three players from Lake Leonard St. Mary. Third baseman Violetta Serrano, pitcher Hannah Dashner, and catcher Genevieve Bramer. Mancelona, first baseman and pitcher Michaela Orman. Kalkaska outfielder Maddie Wilkinson. Johannesburg Lewiston outfield shortstop and catcher Emma Johnson. Manton outfielder Sam Powers and East Jordan shortstop Haley Gibson. And we got some pretty good coaches for this too. The Traverse City St. Francis entire coaching staff is going to help coach both teams. We've also got Tom Zip from Charlevoix, and I believe Angie Taylor from Manton is going to be helping out as well. And then we've got Margot Yonker, who you know the, yes. the stadium is named after her at oh, Central Michigan said, yeah. University, yep. uh, Hall of Fame coach from CMU, and uh, and Gloria Bexford from Michigan State, who we saw down at Michigan State in the finals. She's the only person in Michigan State softball history to have their number retired at, for Michigan State softball. So well, That's a big fish. Yeah, got some big fish showing their faces for the All Star game, and some I mean, players who are pitchers are probably going to particularly be interested in that because both of those coaches are, are very knowledgeable on the pitching side too. Um, I mean, Gloria Bexford was a pitcher for Michigan State for I believe their only national championship. She was the starting pitcher in the nineteen late nineteen seventies. Man, I should brush up on my Michigan State history. That you got me, you got me questioning here. But tomorrow is the softball game, or Tuesday, probably the day that you listen to this. Today would be the softball game. Uh, we are going to be doing full coverage of this game. You know, both Andrew and I will be there covering the game. James is going to be master of ceremonies of sorts. So we'll all be there if you guys have any yeah. questions. or Just trying to make sure things don't get out of hand. Yeah, yeah. James is the bouncer. <laughs> James is the bouncer for the game. I, I hope 
I get to see him for some reason get into an argument with the umpires. Like when he has no dog in the fight, he's just in, in their face, kicking and screaming, ripping up the bases. I'm just gonna run up to Al Hebden and like just chest bump him. Exactly off of first base or something. Yeah, they rip out the base, throw it over the fence, have a, just throw it, throw a hissy fit, make the whole thing about James. I can just see it happening already. <laughs> I'm excited to see a lot of these girls. Um, for the last time, which that's what's really that's what's special about it, you know, for us too. We kind of didn't get to see every all these seniors play this year, but for the most part, we did. This will be not only our last chance, but a lot of the people in the community's last chance to see a lot of these girls play softball. A lot of these guys play baseball before they head off into the college ranks. Yeah, we got the uh, the national team is uh, the the starting pitcher for them will be Charlevoix's Madeline Sanderson. And guest today, yes, guest of today later in the podcast. Uh, three other Charlevoix players and catcher Avery Zip, third baseman Zoe Broden, and first baseman Kate Klinger. Kingsley catcher, second baseman Lexi Coxon, Kingsley outfielder Jesse Steiner, and Kingsley first baseman outfielder Avery Hawkins. And then three players from McBain, Emma Boonstro, who plays pretty much anywhere in the infield, pitcher McKenna Gildy, and first base outfielder Alyssa Bodie. Ellsworth shortstop Judy Veldboom, Central Lake first baseman outfielder Kylie Graffenauer, Central Lake third base catcher Angel Shaw, Bel Air first baseman Mackenzie Hugerhide, and Mesick first baseman and pitcher Grace Quiggin. Uh, it's going to be an exciting game on Tuesday. I, I certainly hope so. And we're so we're going to because we don't have an abundance of pitchers on either team, um, and we don't want to overwork these girls who you know some of them haven't pitched for a week or two. If you know if your team got knocked out in districts, you haven't you haven't played for two weeks maybe. So we don't want to kind of overwork them, and uh, so we're the. Softball game is going to be shortened to seven innings, and then what we're going to do afterwards is haul out the pitching machine and have a home run derby. Oh, man. That's exciting. That's the way to really show off, isn't it? Yep. So we'll, you know, we'll see what girls want to do that before the game. Um, I might get it on that, too. <laughs> maybe see if we can take a couple swings, maybe. Take a couple of hacks. Yeah. It's just uh, a pitching machine. Nobody, I can't I hurt anybody. It'll just be a pitching machine. Yeah. I can't hurt anybody. Then I'll yeah, be it's okay. Yeah, just gonna groove them down the middle. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign a waiver too, just in case I have to hop into either one of these games. You know, get that, get that good old cannon back. It's not like I'm going to be batting against Brittany Stimel. Yeah, I would love to try. Who's probably the favorite for the home run derby as well. Yeah. Um, we'll also be uh, after the game announcing an MVP of the game, and there will be a, uh, a prize for that. You know what it is? What's the prize for MVP? Like, you got to give these kids something to look forward to, something to play for. Yeah, well, it's some, uh, some Pittsburghers tickets. Yeah, we got four. A four-pack of Pittsburghers tickets. Four Same pack. thing for baseball. So, yeah, whoever wins gets to take their family for a night out on the town. Sounds like they're going to Disney World or something, huh? All we're missing, all we're missing is after the Home Run Derby, we need to have, like, a golf cart to give away instead of, like, a Chevy Corvette. We need to have, like, a, one of, like, Lober's golf carts to give away. And then we'll have, like, the whole draw, huh? Now, the other, obviously, the other game that we have going on is going to be on Wednesday, the baseball game. That one's going to be played at Turtle Creek Stadium, home of the Pittsbitters. I know it's always fun. We've talked to, what, I think there's three or four games or three or four doubleheaders worth of local kids who got to play there this year as part of their season. Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to play there as part of my Rec Ball League championship. And, man, it's just such a good time. It's always so much fun to get them out there. So to make a special event like this for the baseball team and obviously um, – have them have a chance be out there is awesome just well just in case anybody has that question obviously we couldn't do softball at turtle creek stadium because it's you know it's on a turf field it's not something that can be like modified to fit softball yeah it's the it's the pitching mound the pitching mound there is permanent that's what i'm saying it's concrete 
it's not it's, movable. It's not something we can adjust for a softball game. It would, um, it would be cool if we could just, you know, leave it there because the pitching the pitching mound in softball would be in front of it. But it's a 350 foot. We'd have to put up fences and we'd have to yeah. move bases in. They'd have to cut have new to, holes in the move, baselines. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to have temporary bases and it's, temporary it's, baselines. And it's not that, that's, that's less safe than it already you'd is. You'd have a shorter fence, you know, probably put some snow fence up there or something like that. Or some construction fence or something. It just it's better off at uh, Seton. Definitely better off at Seton. But anyways, let's talk about the boys' baseball game. Going off at Turtle Creek Stadium, we got another American, another National League team. James tried to balance this in a little bit of a different way, I think, uh, just when it came to the schools and teammates and all that type of stuff. Because uh, we had a lot more guys for the baseball team, as you said, so take it away. Yeah, a lot more seniors among the guys this season um, than the girls. Uh, yeah, we, we, and we, we kept anybody who played in the same team in high school on the same team for the All-Star game. So we kind of had to move things around that way. Um, so on the American team, we have five players from Traverse City, St. Francis, which is, I believe, the most of any school. Uh, Aiden Schmuckel, Corbin Domrez, Judd Lawson, Jack Hitchens, and Jimmy Muzlakovich. Johannesburg Lewiston comes in with four, uh, also on the American team, with Sheldon Huff, Lucas Newell, Mason Myers, and Carlos Gasho. And then Lake Lunau St. Mary has Jacob Schaub on that team as well. Gaylord St. Mary has three, and Chris Koshelniak, Sam Sersley, and Conrad Cordy. Kingsley has three, Dante Crosley, Jaden Inthezone, Joe Moran. And and if anybody's like, oh, well, why isn't so-and-so, why didn't you invite so-and-so into the team? Probably I did. They just couldn't make it. <laughs> a lot, You know, a lot of kids have work, family vacations, college freshman, you know, orientation, that kind of stuff. We've, we've heard from a bunch of different kids and why they can't make it to the game. So I actually kind of expected more people to have those kind of conflicts than they did. So that's why there's so many players on the boys' team. <laughs> I expected no, more people to say no or yeah. not be able to make it. Um, but you toss, but out, you, toss, you toss out the invite. I mean, take what you can get, yeah, right? Yeah, once I toss out the invite, I can't can't take that back. So if somebody says yes, I'm going to go, okay. Uh, Benzie Central has four players on the team. Theo Reed, Dylan Bates, Chris Dunlop, and Samson Ross. Charlevoix has three. Sam Dixon, Zach Nickel, and Philip Sterrett. And then the last player on the team would be, last but not least, of course, Mancelona shortstop pitcher Jaden Alfred. That team's going to be coached by Cody Proctor, Eric Johnston, Chris Herman, and Matt Boshan, if he's feeling better by then. He has a cold right now. Uh, and then the national team is got the Central and West players on it. So that's... Uh, well, There's a smaller group of them, that's why... It is a smaller group of them, so we decided to just put them all on the same team. There's three each from Central and West. Yeah, but we didn't want it was it five St. Francis and then three each, so it was five and six, and we didn't want to put all the TC kids on one team, though. Yeah. Yeah, because then it would be a little too much like the near far. Yeah. That's, that's not our style here. Yeah, and, and we you know we wanted to kind of even things out, too. So TC Central has Alex Schmidt, Dominic Palomara, and Luke Linder. TC West has Charlie Jeffrey, Aiden Rappin, and Aiden Dungan. They get Sutton's Bays, Michael Whitman, and Jake Murphy. Uh, trio from Forest Area and Levi Diamond, Josh Saylor and Dominic Hart. Elk Rapids is Isaac Hoon, Misik. They have a trio of players as well. Colin Jewett, Cole Spencer, and Gabe Parrish. Lake City catcher Andrew Vandertweeg. Bear Lake shortstop Jack Cook. No relation. Nepotism. <laughs> Gray, nepotism. Uh, I call him nepotism. The, the grayling pair of Drew Canary and Reed Spikovich. Bel Air infielder Bryce Bakarut and Gaylord first baseman Quinn Schultz. So, and that team will be coached by Doug Perriard, Tim Parrish, Pat McDonald, and John Neff. So, and then the Wednesday game starts at 7 o'clock. 
I'm excited. We're going to have a 10-page special section dedicated to these events coming out this Sunday. It'll give us a few days to kind of put everything together and, uh, you know, tell the story of what exactly went on and who was there and all that good stuff. So make sure that you keep a lookout in Sunday's edition of the Traverse City Record Eagle for all of the coverage combined into one spot. Keep a lookout on record-eagle.com over the rest of the week for coverage of the event. Otherwise, I'm excited to do that. And that's, I mean, we even got a whole little special section. We got like gifts for everybody who volunteered. We got pit spitters tickets for the MVPs. Every every player gets a gift too. Yeah, yeah. Every player, every coach gets a little gift. Admission is free. Yes, just but come I out, come out before, and check it out. I wanted to mention that again. Admission is free. The one thing I would like to mention, uh, the concession stands will be open at the Pittsburghers game starting at 6 o'clock, pregame. So you can come there, you can watch BP, go get some food at the concession stand. They, Because it's a high school game, they will not be selling alcohol. No alcohol, but they will have a bunch of good food items that we have previewed on this podcast and everywhere else. So make sure you yeah, go check that stuff make, out too. We're going to make Andrew eat one of the... Uh, the Monty's the, Hot Burgers? The Monty 3 Burger. Make him, make him sweat it out. He actually wants to. Why not? You better I just told him to do it at the end of the game. You might as well just do the, the highest level one and eat it. You know, why, why even work your way up? Just eat the hot one, Andrew. We're putting you on the spot now when you listen to this podcast this week. You better know. He said he wanted to do it. So yeah, like, he said I'm he like, wanted hey, you to. You go for it. But <laughs> I would wait until the end of the game. Anyways, we're going to have a lot to talk about with these over the rest of the week, so we will leave it there. And we have a lot to talk about with two of the participants, Traverse City St. Francis Sr. Judd Lawson, and Charlevoix senior Madeline Sanderson joined us here at the Get Around Studios for episode 181 before they participated in these all-star games. Let's go ahead and give a listen to those interviews now. The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in two of our area all-stars for episode 181, Traverse City St. Francis senior Judd Lawson. Hello, it's good to be here. And Charlevoix Senior Madeline Sanderson. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, like I said, these players are both going to be on our All-Star Games in the softball game on Tuesday for Madeline and the baseball game for Wednesday for Judd. Before we t- start talking about that and getting into their seasons, which both finished last week in the quarterfinals or later for their respective sports, we're going to dive into our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's and James. Sounded like you were loaded with the first question, so fire away. All right, so who's who's the best and worst singers on your guys' uh, respective teams? Because everybody sings on the bus usually, right? Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say our best singer is probably Charlie Peterson. Really? Yeah, Charlie, I always catch him singing. I don't know about the worst singer. Who's somebody you just can't stand to listen to then? I also can't stand to listen to Charlie, <laughs> but, but, but he's also the best. So I don't know. We all got good voices, I'd say. Okay. I can't pick a bad one. So are you guys like a choir? Yeah, yeah, something like that. As long as you're singing in unison, you never pick out a bad <laughs> voice, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Madeline? Um, probably the worst singer on my team is Kate Klinger. She, in the dugout, we have our walk-up songs, and she never knows the words to them, and she'll just make it up, and it just sounds absolutely terrible. But our <laughs> the best singer is probably Zoe Brodeen. She does a Shakira impression, and it is so good. Like, we'd always turn around, and like, did someone just, like, turn the speaker on? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Can you get, uh, now, just as a bonus question, you did talk about the dugout with the walk-up songs. The only thing I noticed that everybody knows is when you guys scream DJ Khaled. 
Can you tell me why that's like the only thing that you guys make sure you scream out of the dugout? So a couple of years ago, when the Earth Song by DJ Khaled and all those other people came out, we were just obsessed with that one part in the song. And so every time we hear it, we all just like scream and go crazy. And a lot of the girls weren't even there when we started doing it. It's just us seniors like kind of just brought the... the Is this caught on? Yes. Yes, Big they time. all caught on to it. Another side note, did you think that the Liggett coach looked like DJ Khaled? <laughs> no, but he had some good swag going on. I, I love those shades he was wearing. Yeah, did you see him jump on the pile? Yeah, after yeah. the game, yeah, he's he a big, right he's a big dude. Yeah, he was. He, he did, he, a, he did a full cartwheel yeah, over the pile. I was worried for some of those Liga kids. <laughs> yeah, he got right on top of there. Uh, okay, how many pairs of shoes do you own, Judd? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd say probably ten. 10 to 12 pairs of shoes, that including inc- from anything from tennis shoes to dress shoes, I'd say. And, and cleats, too, stuff like that? Mm, yeah, that's probably up there, probably up to 30, almost. At okay, that point, okay, yeah. what about you, Madeline? How many pairs of shoes I do you I probably own? have, like, 25 to 30 pairs of shoes. God, you guys got a lot of closet space, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Okay, um, how would your friends describe you? Uh, I don't know, I try to be, try to be an outgoing, funny guy, but, you know, I don't know, that's that's. Oh, I got. Um, definitely like more of a shy person, but I feel like I've kind of come out of my shell a little bit more, so maybe a little less shy, more outgoing. <laughs> okay, okay. Who has the best nickname on the team? Um, my teammate Sydney Worst. We call her Clutch because uh, midway through the season we um, had her come in as a pinch hitter, and she just she was awesome. She did a really good job. She's been working really hard, so. We just kind of call her Clutch, and we'll scream from the dugout, and it's it's really fun. Right in the right moments. Mm-hmm. I don't know one of the one of the nicknames. Uh, this goes way back to when we were kids playing tribal baseball. But uh, our buddy Jimmy Muzlakovich, uh, we call him Skids because uh, there was a back at one of our tr- practices. Uh, he was walking through the dugout, and this is right when we started being allowed to wear like metal cleats. You know, so he's, he he slipped and fell right in the dugout because he was trying to make sparks with his cleats. And so he slipped and fell and hit his head, and ever since then we called him skids. So <laughs> that's, that's probably one of my favorite ones. Okay. Uh, now this is going to be the hardest question that we have, and this is the last one. This is our last of the Freaky Fast Five. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Why or why not? Uh, yeah, I believe in Bigfoot. I've heard a lot of stories, actually one from someone I know. So, yeah, I'd say I believe in Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I believe in Bigfoot, but I do believe that there are some crazy people out there with an extreme amount of hair that just kind of, like, walk around in the woods and just, like, live out there, so. There are some Sasquatch-esque yeah, people. Right, But right. maybe not, like, super large Sasquatch-esque right. people. <laughs> There's just Neanderthals still wandering the forest. Medium foot. <laughs> I like that. That was the Freaky Fast Five. A nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. A chance to get to know these guys a little bit more, but we have a lot more to talk about. I guess we're going to talk about the thing that we have in common with you guys first, which is going to be the, you know, these Record Eagle All-Star Games are going to be happening. This is the first time that they're ever happening, and it's seniors only, kind of like a, a last hurrah for you guys to play with some of your senior teammates, play against some of the people that you have, or have maybe never had the chance to, you know, really compete against. I just want to ask you guys, you know, obviously you guys got the chance got the chance to come and play in this. Why would you like to do something like this, and why? what, what, what does one more game mean to you guys as seniors? I guess we'll start with you, Judd. I think I think the the All Star Game is like a good way of uh, having everyone come together, like from different teams, get to play together. I think everyone is gonna have a lot of fun, and it'll be it'll be a good experience. I'm I'm really excited for it. So, yeah, I'm just excited to play again with my senior friends, and I'm also really excited to play with other girls that I've. I mean, I played travel ball with a lot of these girls, and I'm just really excited to be in 
playing the game with them again. Yeah, I mean, just like I said, I mean, it's kind of one of those chances that you guys are all about to spread off, go to different colleges, do different types of things. Uh, let's talk about your guys' future plans really quick. I don't know if you guys have anything set in stone. What are you guys doing for college? What have you guys decided on? I mean, this is kind of like our showcase for seniors. So as your last hurrah, what, what, what's the next step for each one of you? Uh, I'm hoping to make a hockey team this summer, maybe try to play a little hockey next year and maybe a couple years in junior hockey. And yeah, I'm going to try to do that. And if that doesn't work out, we'll have to figure something else out. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if we, we really mentioned this. I know Judd is, you know, one heck of a goaltender for the Bay Rep. So is that you're going to be trying to be goaltending in hockey? Is that what you're going to try and stick with? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What about you, Madeline? Well, hopefully in the fall, I'll be going to Saginaw Valley State University, and I'm going to study biochemistry and probably join the club softball team there or maybe even try to be a walk-on. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So just you, don't, you guys, neither one of you guys want your athletic careers to end. So this is another chance yeah. for you guys to kind of just, like, stay in shape almost, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay on top of your for game. Sure. You can probably get some pointers at the uh, at the softball game from the coaches because there's two college coaches that are going to be mm-hmm. the coaches there, and they're both really yeah. knowledgeable pitching coaches. I'm really excited. I was gonna say, with the events that we have going on this week, have you guys ever? You you guys play travel ball. I don't. Do you play travel ball as well? Okay, so I've, you guys have obviously played with some of these guys before. I always hear about that, and there's kind of like a Northern Michigan, I guess, kind of like a family bond that it seems that you kind of get that like M10 line, and everybody kind of knows each other in one way or another uh, when you play the same sports and you go around because there's only so many travel teams and there's only so much stuff. Or how big is that family for you guys? How many people have you guys been spread across with and had the chance to play with in general? I know you guys don't know everybody who's going to be on the team uh, probably until you show up tomorrow, but how big is that family for you guys and what's it mean to be able to get back with them? Uh, actually, I didn't play travel ball last year, but every year before that from when I was 13 years old, I played travel ball. So, you know, I've it's been fun. I played kids from, you know, Kingsley and one of my good buddies from Lake Luna, St. Mary's, who's also participating in the All-Star game. So that'll be fun. And then, uh, yeah, just we got a lot of SF guys too, a few West guys. So, you know, it's always fun. And it's fun playing against those guys during the season and then, you know, in the summer playing with them and getting closer with all of them, you know, it makes it all that much more fun. So, yeah, I made sure to put you and Jacob on the same team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, f- I feel like we always talk about rivalries when you guys play other schools, but there's so many times that you have teammates from travel ball and everything else from all these other schools. What's that dynamic like And when you kind of get to play against girls that you are kind of like friends and teammates with? Yeah, so this past summer I got to play with a bunch of Boyne girls, and the first time we played Boyne, it went a little rough for Charlevoix, and I honestly think it was just because we were caught off guard with going like against them, because I mean, they were one of my like my best friends, and just like having to you know pitch against them, it was a little weird. The dynamic was a little weird, but um, I'm really excited to be playing with other travel girls, too. Like, I played travel ball since I was 10 years old, first in Travers, and I'm going to be playing with a couple of those girls, so I'm really excited to see them. So, so r- real quick, because I know it's, it's, gonna, it's all about fun and games, but what's the attitude you guys go in here? Is this like you guys trying to show off against the rest of these seniors? You're trying to make sure that you, you know, if you get on the mound, you're striking a few of these girls out, and it's, and it's not. It's like, hey, you're going to see Madeline Sanderson on one more time from the circle. You better be good. What's, <laughs> what's the attitude from you guys going into a showcase like this? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a really good time, and I'm going to have fun, but, you know, it also be cool to kind of show off a little bit one last time, so. You know, that's kind of how I'm going into it. But I want to have as much fun as I can, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go in with the mindset of just kind of win. I want to have fun and enjoy my time, my last time with those girls. Okay. But you are going to be the starting pitcher. 
for your team. Oh, oh she goes, oh, oh. God. <laughs> That's funny. But it, it, it's still, you don't get a chance like that very often, do you? To kind of just go and have fun in an athletic competition. It usually is just super competitive. Mm-hmm. Is that something that kind of just like, it's a good prospect to be like, you know what? Even if you win or lose, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it would be a good time. I think we all want it to be all fun and games, but I think we're all just going to be super competitive <laughs> about it. I mean, we all just are. <laughs> that's just how it goes. I yeah. mean, let's talk about the, the wins and losses that have mattered. You guys both had incredible seasons with your teams record-breaking stuff. I'm First regional title for Charlevoix, uh, obviously making it back to the state championship just this past Saturday with Traverse City St. Francis. Let's talk about not just the last week, but um, really kind of the seasons as a whole. Uh, we'll start over with Madeline. You guys made it all the way to the regional final, all the way into the quarterfinal, win that first regional ever. And, I mean, you guys looked to be down and out in that quarterfinal game, down like 9-0 to in the second. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, you guys just had all the fight in the world uh, what, what did that say about your guys' season and kind of how you guys were able to get there in the first place? I mean, no one really expected us to make it this far anyway. And, I mean, before the game, our coach was telling us, we have nothing to lose, just put it all out there. I mean, this could be our last game, and we've already made so much history for Charlevoix. So we were just kind of just putting it all out there, and we just, like, never gave up. Yeah, you guys got to that, whatever, after Kate hit that home run, I think you guys had five runs in that inning, yeah. and it was just, like, some big rallies. And like, like you said, I think, uh, you know, so Coach Zip said, hey, we – basically didn't you know we didn't feel any pressure from after the time we left districts um is that kind of the way that you guys felt here just like we can go out there throw the pitches swing the bats and see what happens yes for sure i mean the first game of regionals i was a little nervous because we did play caucasco before and there were expectations there but after that i mean we were just we were just on a high and we were just you know just cruising and we were just doing so well i was really happy with it yeah, Nagani was 38-0. Yeah, Did you guys that was know that crazy. coming into that game, or did I, you guys learn that when the coach told you? The seniors knew it. He did tell the seniors before, um, but no one else knew. And by the time, I think it was like the bottom of the sixth inning, he finally told us, and we're all just like, uh, uh, like, what? We were so we were so caught off guard, but it kind of like, I don't kept us going, I feel like, I, I, to finish the last inning. I was going to ask, what does that do to your psyche? <laughs> like, in the last half inning of a game, where you're like, yeah. oh, my God, these are like the 38-0 Kentucky Wildcats. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that co- my coach definitely waited. He could have waited till after the game, but I think it definitely helped the girls and made us feel really good and just we were going to finish the game all happy anyway. But knowing that, it kind of, you know, boosted the mood even more. I, I mean, we talked to Coach Passano after the games, and I think three times he said, you know, we didn't we didn't expect this. This is not something. And while there's expectation, you know, you, I'm sure you saw my story. There is expectation in St. Francis to do well. This team of all teams, you, you guys didn't expect, you know, to to make it there in the early goings. You had some rough games a couple times. Some pitchers being out. We already kind of chatted off air. Um, what what was that like making the rundown with this team in particular, especially after having a whole year off in a senior class that, you know, it just kind of had to put it together and make it happen. You know, this is such like a a tight. You know, more than just baseball, but our grade was so tight-knit. Everyone got along so well. We all worked so well together. Um, ever since from the football team going to Ford Field, you know, like, no one thought that they'd be at Ford Field. Like, our grade was kind of the grade everyone was like, you know. We had that grade two years ago who, you know, thought they were going to make a lot of noise, and they were all such great athletes. But to have a grade like this who no one really expects to do that, you know, it made it that much more special. And I wouldn't want to do it with any other group of guys, but it was really special going to the state championship with those guys, you know, especially when all the odds were against us from all the way during football season for those guys, and then they come into baseball season and make the same run, you know. It was, it was really cool. It was special. 
how cool was it for Aiden Ferris to be what what everybody thinks is the first player in St. Francis history to be in the championship event in three sports in the same year? Yeah, yeah, he was he was in for skiing too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah he, so he was all state in skiing, and he was yeah. a DB on the football team. Yeah, yeah, and you know, with like a kind of a small, gritty guy like him, you know, he's just such a tough kid, and no one really expects that out of him. And you know, I know that was really special that. He was able to make three runs in one year, you know. Yeah, Great we we asked the MHSAA year. too. We were like, you know, do you guys know of it, this ever happening before, where yeah. one kid in the same year, three different was finals, three different Texas. state finals, yeah. and they were like, it had to have happened, but I don't know of any. Yeah, and that's like Bo Jackson stuff. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, basically, what it sounds like is that for the last few years, you've kind of heard that your guys were like the down year. Yeah that your class is going to be the down class, right. and then this kind of happens. I asked the same question I, to Aiden and to Coach Passano and I think Charlie as well, was how does it, like, not, I guess not how does it feel to kind of break those expectations, but to, to keep those expectations that everybody, I guess you guys probably originally had for yourself, but nobody else had for you, but you guys showed them that, hey, this is the standard that we, we set anyways. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was to, to show everyone, you know, that we could do that was really cool, you know, and I feel like we just – like kind of what Madden was saying, we uh, we already set so much like uh, accomplishments and already did so much more than everyone thought. So our expectations throughout the whole playoffs were kind of like once we got through districts, we were like, you know, I we have nothing to lose anymore. You know, like nobody thought we'd even be here. So we were never really worried about winning or losing. Like we never felt any pressure. Like she said, you know. So it was. It was special. It was I th- really cool. I think, the, I think the quote I liked from Coach Passon was like, just nobody told my team that they weren't supposed to be here yet, so don't say anything, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which I think is kind of a funny attitude to have because it's just like, hey, we're here, we're rocking, and I guess we'll see what happens. The The season leading up to it I want to talk about a little bit. Like you said, um, obviously had a couple of really good teams in that Lake Michigan Conference who, who you battled with and had to get past even in the, in the, in the playoffs. Can you just kind of tell what the senior season was like um, with, I believe it was five seniors or six senior girls on that team? There's four seniors. Four, okay. And then there's Grace, which okay. is our little baby senior. <laughs> okay, our baby senior. Okay, yeah. but I mean, what, what was that ride like uh, for you guys having to make it through a really tough conference this year, and how did that kind of set you up for a regional run? Well, I mean, we obviously did have a pretty, not rough, but it was a little more losing, less winning than we were expecting. We do have a lot of younger girls, even though we do have some, we have four seniors, a couple really strong juniors. It was still really, really tough because you know, the sophomores, they didn't have a season last year, so just creating that bond with them was really tough. But once we got farther into the season, we found what our kinks were, and we really tried to work through those through practice. And, you know, once we um, went in districts, we, you know, we had that huge lead over East Jordan and ended in a mercy. And we just, I feel like from there, we were just, we reached the peak, and we just kind of, like, just rolled that out for the entire, up until the quarterfinals. Yeah. Okay, who, so who's who's faster, Hannah Solomon or Anna Kemp? Who wins in a foot race? I don't know. I think Hannah Solomon because she is a lefty slapper. So if they were in that kind of position, but if they were just like racing, well, from first to second, from first to second, stealing second base. I who, think who, Hannah who Solomon. I mean, Anna is really fast, but Anna's also very little. So. She, isn't she just a freshman too? She's so a freshman. She's got yeah. four years to catch up yeah. to Hannah Solomon. Yeah. She, does she win in a sliding competition? Because it looks like she likes to slide yes, every definitely. time she she's can, the best whether it's necessary or not. Sure. Yeah. 
So, so you kind of brought up a, an interesting point, Madeline, that I want to ask both of you guys. And I don't think this is something I've actually asked anybody, but with with the sophomores, you got the sophomore class that you guys had had on your teams over the course of last year. They never had a freshman season. They never played high school sports before, and then getting jolted into you know senior senior leadership positions without a junior year to kind of learn how to be that senior leader in that spring sport. Um, how how did you kind of bring those sophomores and those freshmen kind of like two freshman classes into varsity sports and kind of drag them to the points that you did? How did you how did that situation kind of work out? Because I feel like that's an interesting one that nobody's had to deal with before. We actually had excellent senior leadership this year, you know, with Aiden Schmuckle, you know, everyone looks up to that guy. It's kind of hard not to. And, uh, you know, Aiden and Jimmy and Jack, like all of our seniors were great leaders this year. And we had uh, Jack Pritchard on our team, a sophomore, and he he was with us from the very beginning of the season. And it was really cool to see how much you saw his confidence grow throughout the year. You know, he started it was funny because we always would we'd always give him a hard time because he'd be so nervous before our games he'd th- he'd throw off every game before our game so that kid he just had no he was always super nervous and stuff and it was cool to see his confidence go up throughout the year and I I think our senior leadership really helped with that you know get his confidence up and you could just see him growing every game throughout the year so that was really special for us to see that did that pregame ritual ever stop. <laughs> yeah, so yeah it, stopped, it. it stopped all the way up until we got to Lansing in the semifinal game. So I think and I heard one of the coaches ask him before the game, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you're not going to throw up, are you? Yeah. No, He's he like, always. no, I don't think so today. <laughs> yep. And then, well, what about for you? What was it like trying to teach, you know, kind of like double baby freshman classes uh, when, when you get hopped into a senior role? Yeah, um, well, our coach did a really good job with communicating with the seniors. And, I mean, even in, like, December, he, like, sent us a text and say, like, hey, I need your help. Like, you know, we do have, like, two freshman classes coming up. Like, we just need to get really involved with them. And it's a small school, but we also, like, I mean, there's division. And it's hard to know all of those girls. I hardly knew any of the sophomores coming in. But we did a lot of team bonding before. Um, We made posters about our goals. And, you know, everyone chipped in on it and just from the start we did a really good job with making sure everyone they knew they had a voice so whenever we got into tough situations and in our huddles after the games like everyone um, felt comfortable talking it sounds like you guys learned a lot but is there one lesson in leadership that you know stuck out to you guys this year um, having to deal with situations like that or having to lead your teams to the deepest throws that they've ever seen I mean with being a leader from from the hockey season and from the baseball season you know it uh I learned that you got to make kids feel feel like they belong there. You know, I've I dealt with a lot of young kids in uh, hockey season this year. Uh, we had a ton of ton of young guys on our hockey team, and uh, you know, I just learned you got to make them feel like they belong there, and because they do, you know, they're all there for a reason. So once I feel like you know, you make them realize, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. That's what kind of brings their confidence up, and you know, helps them get through that. So. We do a really good job holding everyone accountable on our team. Like if, you know, someone can't make it to practice, it doesn't even matter if they start or not and they're late or they don't have an excuse why they weren't there. I mean, we hold everyone to the same exact standard, which I think really helped everyone just, I don't know, just keep their head in the game. It doesn't matter if you're a bench player or a star or whatever. You're you're getting treated the exact same. Yep, our group chat is always before every practice. We're like, can everyone make it? Oh, I can't make it. Why? Like we have, you know, we all hold each other accountable before even the coach Mm -hmm. gets into it. Okay. Okay. I think I know your answer to this one, but uh, what's your your go-to rain delay snack? (laughs) 
I don't know. I had I had a few uncrustables there during our <laughs> just delay in the finals. Yeah, yeah. So how, how many know. did they bring? It was like boxes. Oh yeah, we we always right? uh, we had those the whole season. You know, that's kind of our thing. So yeah, I'd say I'd say probably an uncrustable with probably one of those small bags of chips or something like that. A couple Gatorades maybe. Is that just ease of access, or does everybody have a vendetta against the crust? No, it's just easy access. Okay. I just want to make sure. Because, like, I'm pretty sure those came out back when I was a kid. It was literally like, like, oh, no, like, for your kids who don't like the crust. But it's like, no, these turned into, like, sports snacks, yeah. like, portable on the go. What about you, Madeline? Probably, like, Reese's peanut butter cups. I had those in between every single game when we had double headers. Like, every single one. I had two Reese's cups. That's, so. like, your little, like, sugar boost? Yep. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Did you say you can pitch that second game? Mm-hmm. Did you pitch the second game of double headers a lot? Yeah, about like three fourths of the season I did. In the beginning, we tried to keep it split, but at, by that point, I was pretty conditioned and I could just do it. Condition? We'll talk about condition. You you get on a pitch limit. You get to pitch 105 pitches a day, and then you don't have to pitch for another three days. You could pitch upwards of 400 pitches in a day in a doubleheader if it had to happen. Yeah. How do you not get worn out? How do you condition your arm um, to just keep doing that? Well, luckily for me, the more I pitch, the more warmed up I am. I feel like by the end you know, the last couple of innings of the second game, my pitches and, you know, all my spins work the best. So I definitely am hurting the next day. You c- I can definitely feel the difference in my body if whether I pitched one or two games that day. But, I mean, I just – my team helps me keep going. I mean, we're always screaming and, you know, eat more Reese's Cups, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so your pitch count is back to zero for, for Wednesday. You would be ready to, to throw an inning oh, yeah. or so? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You that get to swing sense. a bat for the first time in a while. Yeah, How excited yeah, are you for that? Because you were just pitcher only this yeah, season, right? Yeah, I was a PO for most of the year. You know, I'd get at bats once in a while, but I'm definitely excited to get to swing the bat a little bit. So that's be fun. <laughs> I say, you get one more chance for everything. <laughs> yeah, There's no holds bar here, ladies yep. and gentlemen. So, yep. who, so who's going to do better, you hitting or Corbin pitching when he didn't pitch much during the season? I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna hit the ball pretty well. No shots at Corbin, but I know I I think I'm ready to swing the bat a little bit. Don't get me wrong, Corbin's got good stuff, but I'm gonna be swinging for the fences on Wednesday. Alrighty, guys, Judd and Madeline, thank you guys so much for joining us here for episode 181 of the Get Around. We are very excited to see you guys participate in those Record Eagle All Star Games on Tuesday and on Wednesday this week. Uh, thank you and congrats on great careers at both of you guys' schools. Thank you. It's great being here. Another huge thank you to Judd and Madeline for joining us here before our Record Eagle All-Star Games. Sounds like they are very excited to get into the action on Tuesday and on Wednesday. Probably more excited than we are, but after a year of planning, James, I'm pretty sure that you might be the most excited person for this action to go off. Yeah, I mean, it was really disappointing last year. I mean, to, to put all that into it and to get all these kids to get everything get we, so close. It, that's what sucks is that, like, kind of, like, promised the kids we were going to give them a game. Yeah. It was never promises, but it was like, oh, we're doing it, and yeah. we're not. It was like everything else that happened last year, though. So we can't blame you. Can't blame record yeah. deal. Blame COVID. Blame COVID, which we're getting out of the woods on that. We're not going to be able to blame COVID for many things. I, I One thing I can't blame COVID for is not mentioning an ad from our sponsors yet, at Jimmy John's. That interview sponsored by them with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. That's going to put us into the chatter that matters, James. We're going to recap everything that happened last week. We talked to a couple of these, these athletes. 
not so much in depth about the actual outcomes of their games. So we're going to make sure that we dive into that stuff. And we'll start off, you know, kind of in a timeline, James. We have to kind of work our way up to the state finals. Uh, so we'll start all the way back on Tuesday. You and I both had pretty busy days traveling across the state to uh, see a couple of games that day. Uh, I had the pleasure to see Charlevoix and Traverse City West. And you got to see Gaylord and Boyne City Soccer. I'll start off with my couple games just quickly. We had Madeline Sanderson in here, the starting pitcher for Charlevoix, for the majority of the season. And, uh, you know, went up against that Standish Sterling team that kind of, you know, beat them up a little bit in the first couple of innings. They went down 9-0 to after, I believe, two innings. And you go, oh, man, this could be over quickly. But Charlevoix battled back. The bats just caught on fire when Kate Klinger hit a solo home run to start off, I believe, it was the fourth inning. And uh, they, they kind of started coming back from there. All of a sudden... It was the sixth inning, and it was 11-10. to 10. And they were only down by one run going into the top of the seventh. And then uh, Standish Sterling put four more runs on. Ended up being 15-11 to 11 as the final score. Charlevoix ended up falling in the quarterfinals. But that was the deepest postseason run in school history. The first ever regional title for the Raiders. Obviously something to be proud of. You heard from Madeline and that group of senior girls. They were really, really focused on, um, you know, just making the best of it. And playing with no pressure seems to be a good feeling or a good way to kind of make it a little bit deeper in the postseason uh, for some of these teams this year. James, you got to see a softball game on Tuesday as well. That Gaylord game ended in an amazing finish. Let's go ahead and hear about that one. Yeah, I mean, that was that one. That game was just it was exciting all the way around because I mean, it, another team really got ahead too much in that game. It was back and forth. They traded the lead on and off. In the, in the like the fourth, fifth, sixth innings, uh, lead kept going back and forth. So it, it was a really good game there between uh, you know Gaylord and Hudsonville Unity Christian. Uh, ended up eight to seven, and I can't remember exactly how many times the lead changed hands, but it had to have been four or five. And then in the bottom of the seventh, uh, freshman catcher Taylor Mogenberg tells her coach before she goes at the bat, "I got this," and hits the first home run of her career. That's awesome. What a spot. Yeah. What a spot to show up like that. Yeah. And just and 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 almost like a no doubter too. I mean, she crushed it. Uh the the scoreboard at, at Cornerstone is kind of in left center field. Uh, you know, at the power gap power alley there. And it hit the the lower left corner of it. But the whole front of that scoreboard is metal. So it made this loud, like, metal clanging sound, and then the ball bounced back into Only the, the best. Only the best sound to hear. Like, you broke something when you hit a home run, right? Break the scoreboard. She didn't break it, but close enough. Send him to the semifinals. Put a ding in it. Yeah, I right. Bet. Right, send him to the semifinals. We'll talk about that semifinal game here in just a second. Uh, let's keep going on with Tuesday and that softball. I got to see Traverse City West play down at Central Michigan University, and they played Granville. Granville ended up beating them 5-3. to three. Uh, but didn't come out with a little bit of late game, you know, interesting heroics. They almost made a rally. They had the tying run at the plate, the winning run at the plate, actually, in the bottom of the seventh inning. Just weren't quite able to uh, hit it out of that Margot Yonker park and use that power that Brittany Steimel and Lydia Hymas have had all season long. Uh, just was a bit too, a bit too much for them to get it out of the park and. Uh, make it a 6-5 win of what it would have been another type of walk-off. But either way, I mean, another deepest run in postseason history for Traverse City West. Uh, you know, school's only been around for 23, 24 years or whatever, but you get their first district since 2004, first league championship since 2006, first ever regional title 
you know, get past the quarter, get into the quarterfinals and uh, lose to Granville. I mean, just an amazing season. And uh, we've talked about Brittany Steimel over and over again, being one of those seniors on Traverse City West, but has been a driving force for them for four years. And, and you could definitely see um, she helped drive them to that deep postseason run. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, she's one of the most dominating players around here this season, um, both pitching and hitting. Yeah, we'll get to see them, or we'll get to see her uh, in those All-Star games for Tuesday for the Record Eagle. Uh, I mean, we can kind of stay in softball here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Boynton soccer because, you know, they had they were in the semifinal at that point. But we stick with the softball for now and kind of run through there. James, um, the only other team, the only team that moved on from that point then was Gaylord. Gaylord went down to East Lansing and they played Owasso, another school who'd really never been there before. Um, but, you know, we were at that game, both in you and I. You got to shoot it. I got to cover it. Uh, to be honest with you, I could not believe how much Owasso's pitcher shut down Gaylord's offense. They only had three hits on the day. One of them technically reached the outfield, but it was a bloop into center field. Avery Parker's thing was a bloop into center field, maybe five, eight feet behind the infield and just they, they just could not get the bat of the ball against Macy Ireland who uh, is a division one bound softball pitcher I mean James you got to shoot that game and I think we were both a little we were both a little surprised at how you know how little Gaylord's offense was able to do after seeing everybody in that lineup kind of show up and uh, show out I mean still a very close game for them and it's not like uh, they weren't once again they weren't even they were only just a, at bat or two away from possibly tying or winning that game in the seventh inning yeah, I mean, it was, it was a 2-1 to one game, so, you know, the, the score was just as close as the rankings of those two teams who were ranked number four and five in the state. Um, you know, that, that was a game where literally just a pitch or two here or there is the only difference. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. Gaylord scored their, their run in the final inning. Uh, we're threatening in that final inning. It just so happened with the way the cookie mm-hmm. crumbled. Um, they were about a batter too short. Yeah, and, and Owasso didn't hit. Gaylord very hard either. I mean, they 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 got more hits, but you know none of them were anything that was like crushed up the gap or anything. They were a lot of uh, singles that were just out of the outfield too, or um, a lot of a lot of singles that were just hard hit into the infielders that made tough plays for softball. Uh, you know, especially, and I think the one thing about this Gaylord team that we're going to mention here, but I think we we kind of forgot about when they got all the way down to the semifinals that they were mostly freshman girls. There were six freshmen starting on that team. Two sophomores and a junior, you know, they didn't even have a senior starter on that team. Uh, I think we kind of forgot about, you know, you get down there and then you get into those type of pressure pack situations. Experience always plays a key, but we know the, this team's this team will be back there. Yeah, and, and the girl who scored the the only run of the game was one of those freshmen who talked her way into the game in the last inning because uh, she wasn't she wasn't starting anymore. Their starting center fielder, I wonder why. Brawley Miller, because she broke her hand the week <laughs> before, and uh, but she convinced him to let in, him, the, let in the seventh inning to let me let me pinch hit, and I'll get on. And she did. She walked. She did. She, she tried. She, she tried did. to bunt twice. She did. She went up there and she pretended like she was a slap hitter, and they ended up they ended up walking her, and uh, you know, and then she she gets on first base. She they they move her around and she scores the only run of the game for Gaylord, and. Once again, six freshmen starting on that team. She would have been uh, the sixth in that game. She didn't get the chance to there, but still, like, they will be back. If there's any team I know I'll book for another semifinal appearance, that feels like the Gaylord St. Mary saw baseball teams that were over the last four years where we go, oh, man, they're just going to be there, they're just going to be there. 
man, that freshman's – we're talking about a couple of these freshmen in the player of the year conversation, which, like, is unheard of. Yeah, and, and, and they've got, I think, three eighth graders who are coming up to the team next year who are expected to be contributors too, including Jaden Jones' younger sister, Aubrey. Who, who, who no, there's no disrespect to Jaden. I've had somebody on the outside tell me she might be better than Jaden. Which, which is just insane. Which is insane because Jaden hit 13 home runs and drove in over 70 runs this year. And had like an ERA of .63 and like won every game she pitched. Yeah, I don't know how you get much better than that as a freshman. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what happens with Gaylord over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, they'll definitely be back here. Let's go over to the uh, baseball side of things. We had a couple of baseball teams make it all the way down to the state semifinals last week with Glen Lake and Traverse City St. Francis. Glen Lake... Played in the Friday game, uh, so it's not quite chronological order, but we want to get into St. Francis because they did end up making a state championship um, after the fact. But Glen Lake, they get Marine City Cardinal Mooney, the number two te- ranked team in the state, in their state semifinal in Division Four on Friday, and they ended up losing 12-0. to uh, They eventually got the bats on the ball and just, you know, trying to run through some of the pitchers who didn't pitch very often this year um, after Ryan Flores had to get pulled and then John Pop couldn't quite get anything going for Glen Lake. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough putting pitchers in a situation in the semifinal against such good batting teams. Um, both Glen Lake and St. Francis ran into really, really good batting teams uh, there in the semifinal. Cardinal Mooney had a couple of guys who were just ripping the ball. Um, you know, they, they were they were finding gaps and finding shots over the, the Glen Lake outfielders' heads a couple of times in that game. And, uh, you know, Glen Lake, once again, they, they were just so happy to have made the run. And I, I, that's the same thing. As I, the expectations, I feel like, I'm not saying expectations were low for these teams, but these weren't the expectations for these teams. We didn't expect. I know we didn't expect Glen Lake to make it to a Final Four. Glen Lake told us themselves, they go, man, we were working and working and working. At one point during the season, they thought, you know, Chris Herman thought they, the team was about to give up. Honestly, is what he said. He was like, there was a point in the season that was so rough. We started to have a really bad downturn, and then these guys kind of just like said, hey, we can't let this happen, and look where we made it. They didn't even, as much as four weeks ago, they didn't have the expectation of winning a regional title. And they went on down there and, once again, ran into a really good Cardinal Mooney team. Uh, I mean, you saw that game, too. Was there anything else that you could really say except that, that they were ripping shots against the pitching of Glen Lake? Yeah, that, Car- that Cardinal Mooney team was, was something else. Um, and, and what you were talking about, rebounding from that, that midseason kind of funk that they had. Uh, Chris Herman, Division Four Coach of the Year by the High School Baseball Coaches Association today. So, obviously... Coming out of that was well earned, and, and bringing this team back to the state finals. But yeah, I mean they both they, they they make it down there, and once again, that's what he said is it kind of put validity on that three regional title run that they had back in 2013, 2014 um, in that area, and kind of says, hey, like Glen Lake is is a good program all around. It's not just football, you know, it's not basketball. Baseball's here too, up in the final four, so um, that's always exciting. And let's let's talk about those St. Francis games. That first game that St. Francis runs in in that semifinal, they get to play Richmond. You know, St. Francis goes up to start that game, you know, 4-0, to zero, and you go, oh, man, like, okay, they got this, they got this, and then it started to slip away there for a second. And Richmond ended up tying the game up at 4-4, four to four, and once again, Aiden Schmuckle and the top of that lineup for Traverse City St. Francis came through and put a run on the board in the top of that sixth inning and made it 5-4, to four, which is what they would eventually win by. And, uh, I mean, a play from Charlie Peterson in that game, uh, you know, he was – battling on the mound 
At one point, he had bases loaded with no outs, and he struck out the, the rest of the side to kind of like save Traverse City, save Francis from, um, you know, blowing it or making it any harder than it had to be. And you saw Jack Hitchens come in and pitch two clean innings to kind of close that game out and give them a, uh, a shot at the win. Yeah, I mean, the way Hitchens came in was that. I mean, that was just just shutting the door on any chance for, for Richmond to come back and giving them that chance to, to get that come from behind win there or come back from the tie, I guess. But, uh, and and that was the second time that Schmuckle's done that in the playoffs. I mean, he had the walk-off hit against Oscoda in the regionals. Yeah, so big, big game-winning RBIs coming out of uh, Schmuckle. We move into the final then, and they run into a Gross Point Woods University Liggett team that, man, they could rip the ball too. They had some good hitters for a minute there. It looked, you know, they I think they got out of the first inning pretty clean uh, with Judd Lawson, our, our guest, starting. Got out of the first inning pretty clean, but that second inning, a couple of errors started to doom them. They started getting a bunch of guys on base and just moving stuff around. And then a, a rain delay, you know, happens in the third. They're only down by five runs, right? And a rain delay happens. And we all know that a rain delay in baseball can kind of like do not just one of two things. It can kind of make anything happen. It could be a game changer. Exactly. Either way. Yeah, one pitcher could get cold, one pitcher could stay good. The bats are one team, you know, so they might lose focus. It's just you really never know what's going to come out of a out of a rain delay, especially what was it? One out in the third, down 5. Traverse City St. Francis is batting and they they have a guy on base for the first time in the game and you go, "Okay, we might be able to do something here." And they come out and then the Liggett bats just caught fire after that. Rain delay, like obviously not the outcome of all the things we talked about that could happen during a rain delay that Trevor City St. Francis wanted, but man, everybody in the lineup for Liggett had a hit, and they were good hits. They they, they were plowing these over over the St. Francis, um, you know, outfield. They were hitting them hard through the infield. It was it was a tough go for St. Francis in that final. Yeah, Liggett had just just a really good offense, top to bottom. I mean, like you said, everybody had a hit. Everybody contributed in that offense. It was. It was a pretty impressive team. I mean, we heard a lot of things about them before the game from some of the other downstate media, and uh, and and Liggett completely lived up to, to that hype. Yeah, and they, they ended up defeating Trevor C. St. Francis, twelve to zero in that game in the five inning mercy. But I mean, nonetheless, once again, we talked about the expectations. St. Francis was not expected to be there. They as a team didn't expect to be there. So, you know, it's kind of what it's kind of kind of what it seemed like for. All of our teams, they were kind of playing with house money in the baseball and softball uh, state finals, except for maybe Gaylord. We thought that, you know, Gaylord was going to be there. And uh, this team we'll talk about next with Boyne City. You know, you were at that game on Tuesday, the semifinal for Boyne City, and uh, obviously they moved down to the state final on Friday, and we both got a chance to be there. But let's talk about that quarter, or let's talk about that semifinal game a little bit. Man, they didn't quite look like they were going to win that game for the majority of it, right, James? Yeah, er, early on things looked pretty good for them in the in the first half. Like they were they were kind of controlling the play, and and you saw in the final how Boyne's Boyne's offense is not ball control offense. It's more of a counter attack offense. You know, keep keep the ball on the deck mostly, but uh, find those find those lanes and try to connect on some long low passes. You know, because because they don't have a whole lot of height on that team aside from Allie Herrick. So you know, against that. At Hudsonville Unity Christian team, they were giving up height at pretty much every position except for Herrick, and and they were able to do that in the first half against Hudsonville Unity. And then the second half, 
Unity kind of shut that down and really kind of controlled the game. But Point City was able to hold them off the scoreboard. So we go into to overtime. Unity scores first in the uh, in the overtime off a long direct kick, but it was just perfectly placed. Aggie McHugh, there, there wasn't really anything she could have done about it. I mean, it was, even though it was like a 30 or 40 yard shot, it was just top corner. Laser beams. Yeah. And, uh, but then Boyne City comes back on an aerial Himmelspot goal. She, you know, she finds the ball in the middle of a scrum. There's just a mass of humanity in front of the net after a corner kick. And, uh, the, you know, the goalie drops the ball and all that. And, and Himmelspock finds it and kind of hip checks it into the goal. Now you got another game. Boyne keeps the game scoreless the rest of the way. So you go into a shootout, and the shootout was totally Boyne. Uh, it didn't even make it to the five shooters that a shootout is normally scheduled for. It only went three because Boyne made their first three shots by uh, Megan Harmerling, Ava McGinnity, and Jordan Noble. And Maggie McHugh stopped all three shots, which is, I mean, the odds of stopping a PK in soccer is, I don't know. They say it's 50-50, but I don't think it's even close to that. I think it's like 25%. You know, so she legit stopped two and then forced the third one to go wide and hit the post. And Hudsonville Unity got zip during the during the shootout. Yeah, because Maggie, uh, Maggie did her thing. So they go, on to the, they go on to the state finals, right, in that shootout. And they go on to play Detroit Country Day. And, you know, that, that, you know, that was the first time I ever got to see Boynton City. Um, in person, we had the Noble Sisters on the podcast a few weeks ago. Make sure you go back and listen to that. Um, two really great girls and amazing soccer players. And, uh, you know, Detroit Country Day just did a fantastic job on defense of shutting down the Ramblers. You know, with, with, rec- with school records and goals and shutouts and everything like that, uh, Detroit Country Day was just a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. And their defense just would not let anything through the passing lanes that Boynton City was trying to find. I mean, every time Boynton City was looking for a break, they couldn't get one. And uh, a couple of those girls on the front end for Detroit Country Day, uh, one of them being Madison Salzenstein, uh, she she was really good on the front end. There was a couple of moves that she put on uh, the Boynton City defense, who we know had 19 shutouts this season that were just unstoppable. I, I, I'm, I'm almost positive that she actually juked one of the Boynton City defenders onto the ground, you know, like made him fall over like a basketball uh, dri- you know, dribble move or something like that, but... Um, nonetheless, I mean, Detroit Country Day, I think their defense is what won them that game. They, you know, Jordan Noble, Taylor Noble ended up having to get played in the midfield just to try to get some type of thing moving. And, uh, you know, they won 3-0. to zero. And, once again, we, we thought Boynton City belonged there. And uh, the state run-up finish is definitely a good one. And, I mean, we talked to those girls. That's exactly what they were looking to do was to, to have a shot at the title this year. Yeah, that Country Day team was, was something else. I mean, they were... They were complete. Um, you know, the goal tailor didn't get really get uh, tested a whole lot, but looked looked really good. Um, early on, I think it was Taylor Noble was able to break loose and get one one quality shot on goal fairly early in the game that uh, I think hit the crossbar or something like that. It was that. close. It was a good crossing shot. It was it was yeah. close. And uh, and then after that, Country Day just took took the offense away from Boyne. Uh, they, like you said, they shut those passing lanes down. And, you know, Boyne, 
Boyne's not going to take the ball in the air against anybody because they just don't have the height to, to play that kind of game. So you got to play to your strengths, and they you know they play to their speed and and counterattacking, getting those long, quick strikes. But you couldn't against Detroit Country Day. Nope, they it just, was that was not going to. They just had too many, too many good athletes. There was no weakness to exploit. Definitely, definitely. Well, congratulations to all of these teams on absolutely fantastic seasons. Once again, expected or unexpected, making it that far into the playoffs is something to be super, 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 super proud of. Um, a final four, a semifinal appearance, a final appearance uh, does not come easy for anybody, especially for our teams from northern Michigan. So congratulations to all those teams and all of those seniors, some of which we will be seeing here in the next couple of days. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Let's get into one of our favorite segments, the Get Around Hall of Fame. We have three new nominees. Sadly enough, we do not have any state champions emerge out of the playoffs that we were at all last week. But, but we, close. But close. We had some great performances in the quarterfinals leading up to it, in the semifinals, and you know, even in the finals. James, we have three people to put up. I know you saw a couple of these games last week. I know you probably got at least two. Who are you putting up um, to begin with? Uh, the first one would be, and this was from the first game of the day that I covered on Tuesday, uh, Taylor Mogenberg, right? freshman catcher, had never hit a home run at any level, like not even like in Little League or anything, and hits a walk-off home run off the scoreboard even. Like it hit the scoreboard and bounced back in the field of play. To send Gaylord all the way to the semifinals. To send, to send Gaylord to the semifinals. It was um, a walk-off. It was a walk-off, and she called it. What a spot. Yeah. What a spot to hit your first home run. Yeah. She, she told the coach before she went up to, at, to bat, I got this. That's confidence. You got another one who had quite a bit of confidence after what she did on Tuesday, right? Oh, yeah. Later in that day, Boyne City up in playing in their uh, semifinal, Division Three semifinal in Cedar Springs, goes to shootout with Hudsonville Unity Christian and completes the Northern Michigan sweep of Hudsonville Unity for Tuesday. With uh, She makes three saves in the in the shootout. Well, two saves, really, and then the last shot hit the post. But, you know, as, as uh, Coach Ed Fantosi said, you know, he's like, that girl went so wide because she had saved the first two and gotten to the first two that she took the shot wider and, and it hit the post. So it's like Maggie had... She scared her into it. Another couple of arms... That and and that happened in the state final too. And before before Detroit Country Day ever scored, they put one on and Maggie was saving balls left and right. And they 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 plot. They they really lasered one. It hit the crossbar, went straight down and up. And then Maggie swatted it on out of the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those those posts have been Maggie's friends the last couple of days. My nomination is going to be Charlevoix's Kate Klinger. Although Charlevoix did lose in that quarterfinal, uh, man, it was an absolute slugfest with Standish Sterling. Uh, ended up being 15 to 11. They were down nine to zero at one point and. She had a home run to kind of spark the five-run inning. They got them back into that game. She had three hits, a couple of RBIs in that game. So uh, just you know, one of those big moment home runs in the quarterfinal for Kate Klinger. Let's go ahead and put this up for and, a vote. And she had a home run in the regional. Before that, the weekend before. In the regional semifinal win, 2-1 to one win over Kalkaska. She had a solo homer that uh, tied the game up, I believe, at the time. So a couple, you know, a couple of bridged performances in the week, but... Nonetheless, uh, good ones. James, we have to vote for this. I know there's only two of us. Is there anybody that we can we can unanimously get on? I'm, I'm going to vote for Taylor Mogenberg. Okay, I can go with that. I, yeah. That was going to be kind of the way I was going to lean. I mean, the walk-off 
yep. in the send to the semis, the and it was it was yeah. it was to kind of that was kind of like good enough to send them off into the semifinals and put a a good old cherry on top of the season that we knew Gaylord was going to have. So congratulations to Gaylord freshman Taylor Mogenberg for hitting that home run and helping send the blue, the Blue Devils all the way to the state semifinals. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Congratulations. And that brings us into our final segment of the day, our trifecta. And this is a fun one. James and I heard probably the absolute worst song you could ever hear put in your ears this past weekend. It's so bad. I cannot tell you the name of it, nor who makes it, and I don't want to because nobody deserves to have their ears pierced by that nonsense, by that completely and utterly ridiculous song. Uh, but it sparked our trifecta idea and something I don't think we've actually talked about in 181 episodes. Something we kind of asked our guests in the Freaky Fast Five, but I think it's a fun one. And basically, I'm going to ask, what song do you wish you never heard or never existed in the first place? Uh, mine comes from a commercial jingle. Oh, man. And I think you know what it's going to be. Called J.G. Wentworth, 877 no. Cash Now. No, at least that one's fast. Okay. But the the that... Cars for Kids. Oh, my God. Jingle. I hate that with all of my soul. It is such an earworm. It's horrible, but it's also, when you hear it, you can't get it out of your head. When when I hear that song, I, I immediately have to change the radio station. So if you, if you run a radio station, if you play that song... I'm changing the channel. It cracked me up. We, we, James and I spent, whatever, six plus hours, more like eight plus hours in the car over the course of last week. And that song probably came out like six times. I would say at least. And, and oh my every God. time I cursed and changed the channel. That he did. I can, I can vouch for that actual um, sequence of events. And it's actually really funny because now I have this jingle stuck in my head. So you're not wrong. It's definitely catchy enough to be like, what the heck. But my, my least favorite song... And this is something I think it's been like this forever. And I, from the moment I heard it, into the mo- don't stop it, turn it off. No, this is the stop. I used to get in fights with my friends. Stop. One of my, uh, it's cold plays. I'm gonna go quick so we can get this over with. He's gonna keep playing in the background. It's Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Came back out when I was like a kid, and one of my best friends was always he 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 took piano lessons as a kid, you know, and he knew how much I hated this song. I swear, I'd walk in the house and just start playing this piano riff. And once again, talk about catchy earworms. Just get it out of my head. I don't need to hear that piano ever again. I know I will because James already pulling it up. I can't pull up the Cars for Kids slogan here. I'm not that cruel. Yeah, don't because I'll destroy whatever equipment it's being played on. <laughs> I'm not that cruel. That song is terrible. Terrible. But I'll leave you guys on that. Um, don't forget that we're sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh bread, meat, and veggies. That means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That's going to wrap up episode 181 of the Get Around. Uh, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. We'll see you next week for episode 182. And to Cars for Kids, I say freak no.